Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. How's everybody doing? This is Michael here on a solo dolo without Sean. Sean is out of town and handling some business. And um, you got me here solo on this Sunday. I think it's my first time doing a solo Sunday, by the way. So um, this should be interesting, by the way. So uh, I've got... A bunch of stuff that I'd like to discuss. And um, there's a lot going on in the world today. And things are a little bit shady, unfortunately. Uh, but I thought that I'd come on here and just talk about it for a little bit. Doesn't have to be too long. But I've got some stuff that I'd like to get off my chest. And uh, get out into the interwebs, if you will. I got a couple drinks with me right now. It's a late night for me. Wife's in bed. Kids are in bed. And um, I've got a lot of stuff that I'd like to just get off my chest. First of all, though, my homeboy gave me a really good joke that I thought was a perfect dad joke that I'd like to share with you right now. First of all, here's the joke. What happened to the frog whose car broke down on the side of the road? That's a good question, Michael. What happened to him? He got towed. (laughs) I gotta laugh at that myself. Oh my goodness. That's so stupid. I apologize. (laughs) It's so dumb. He gave me that joke. I thought it was funny. But I'm a dad, and it's a perfect dad joke. So we'll go with that one. Sean sent me one that I thought was super funny, but also very offensive to women. So I feel it is my duty to go ahead and share it. Probably shouldn't say this one. I don't care. All right, here we go. What gets easier to pick up the heavier it gets? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Send all your hate mail to Sean. Women. I had to make an addendum to it, though, and uh, say men, too. (laughs) Men are easier to pick up the the heavier they get, too, but, you know, whatever. All right. Kids don't listen to our program, so um, I'll leave it at that. It was funny to me, so. Um, I wanted to start off (laughs) 
<laughs> so, oh god, it's so stupid. Oh, I wish Sean was here. This would be <laughs> so much more fun with him. Um, I feel like Bill Burr right now doing a solo podcast. I don't know how he does it every single day or twice a week. But I'm going to do my best. All right. So I wanted to talk about uh, George Floyd. So I know many of you have already seen this in the news. A black man who goes to a store. And at first I thought I, I, I thought one report came out and said that he gave a, uh, a fraudulent check or a, a bounce check or something like that. Uh, but it turns out that it was actually like a $20 bill or something like that, that he was trying to buy some stuff with and the store clerk or owner, whoever, uh, said that it was a, a, a fake bill. So they called the police on the guy for the pig, for the fake bill. And when the police showed up, of course they arrested him. And um, for for the counterfeit bill. And first of all, if you haven't heard it, let me be the first one to tell you. This is allegedly right. There's no proof to this day. And and listen, if if I, you know, continue to research this story and it finds out that it really was counterfeit, you know, maybe I might add a little addendum to this. But there's no proof that the bill was fake. Okay, this guy is being arrested for a fake bill, a counterfeit bill. And Minneapolis police, which my boy Matt lives in Minneapolis. He's my best friend, dude. This, you know, this was very close to where he lives and and, and all the shit that's happening, these riots and stuff that's happening is... um, Less than 10 miles away from his house. So this, this kind of hits home. It really hits home for him. But I'll get into that later. Um, so George Floyd. This guy is a, a stand-up guy. You know, one of his jobs. I don't know how many jobs he had. But one of his jobs was to do security at, at uh, nightclubs or restaurants or whatever the case may be. He's a stand-up guy, uh, or you would assume that he's a stand-up guy. And, and given all the reports that are coming out about him and all the family members that are uh, coming out speaking on his behalf, says that this guy was a stand-up guy. He gets arrested. He's not fighting. They've got him in handcuffs. They got him on the ground. One cop has his knee on his neck. You got two other cops. Uh, You'd have to see the video with the other view because there were several different videos, several different people that um, pulled out their cell phones to take video of this. And um, the guys, you had one guy on his midsection, one guy holding down his legs. Now, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. If. Someone has their knee on my neck. You know what? The rest of my body might be flopping like a fish. Because 
I mean, your neck is connected to your spine, right? You break that, you're you're dead. You're done. Um, and so this guy, he's he's on his belly in handcuffs, his hands tied behind his back. And the guy is struggling to breathe. I It was so difficult for me to watch the video. And to be completely honest with you, I couldn't even watch the whole thing. I, I turned it off. I just couldn't take it. I, I'm listening to him. He's in so much pain. He's so uncomfortable. He is uh, completely subdued. He's on his stomach with his hands behind his back. Just for kicks and giggles. You try it one day. You lay down on the floor with your hands behind your back. Without any weight on you. And see what you can do. See how much motion, how much resistance you can get. It's hard enough for the average fat-ass American to do a push-up. Okay? For a lot of men, there are a lot of men out there that can't do a girl's push-up. Being on, having, you know, being on their knees and having their, their feet up to their butt. You know, the proper female push-up when you're first starting out trying to learn how to do push-ups. There's a lot of fat-ass men out there that can't do that. I know that's insensitive. So, send your hate mail to Sean. But I'm on one tonight, and as the title says, ain't this some shit. The guy is subdued. There's nothing he can do. He can't fight. He's on his belly with his hands tied behind his back. Now, I've watched a lot of uh, shows where they're, and I know you say, okay, Michael, you're watching, you know, TV and TV is different, but I've watched a lot of shows where it's like, uh, you know, drug enforcement in Alaska or something stupid like that, right? They zip tie people's hands behind their back. And the best thing that they can do is maybe roll over or something like that or just talk some shit or whatever. You know, the worst thing they can, the worst thing they can actually do to a cop when they're on their belly with handcuffs on is to just talk shit. So, let's say this dude was talking shit. Who cares? You've got a knee on his back, a knee on his neck, and a dude laying over his legs as if he's going to be like Hercules and break the bands off of his wrist and start fighting somebody. It's completely unnecessary, an unnecessary use of force, if you will. Now, I've seen a bunch of different cops come out and do different videos about um, the fact that this was a complete excessive use of force. But please keep in mind that this was, be remember, the cops were called for a counterfeit bill, not for an armed robbery, not for an attempted murder, not for battery or assault. This was for a counterfeit bill, allegedly a counterfeit bill. 
It's not even proven that the bill was counterfeit. And this guy, he's, he's on the ground. And in the video, I hear him saying, I can't breathe. Can I get some water or something? Like, I'm really, really thirsty. Like, he, he's, he's not resisting to the point where you need force. He's begging for some, some relief. And you've got this cop who is on his neck looking at the crowd, looking at the people that are videoing him and taking pictures. And he's got this look in his eyes of just complete disdain for life. He's got a look in his eyes of just complete control, like, I'm the shit, I'm the man, and there's nothing you can do about it. And the fact is, it, it truly, had anybody come up to try and save George Floyd, he would, th that person would have clearly been arrested, or detained, or, or prosecuted, or what, whatever you want to say. I mean, they would have been dealt with as well. But this guy is not resisting, he's not, you know, showing any uh, aggression or, like, uh, there, there was nothing there to warrant that use, that kind of use of force, excessive force on this man that is completely uh, under control, under your control. The thing that broke my heart the most is that I guess someone timed it, someone, someone's video. It's like 8 minutes and 40 seconds that the dude was on the ground with this kind of force being applied to him. So much to where he died. He lost his life. Now, you all know I'm a black man. And I don't care if I don't sound like it or whatever, you know. Some people say that I don't sound black or whatever. Besides the point. I'm so appalled by this. And so angered by this. And, and this weekend, I had my oldest son, Micah, uh, here with us at the house. And like all weekend... I've been kind of like struggling with how do I talk to him about this? He's 12 years old. He'll be 13 in August. Duh. I, I'm struggling with how do I tell him? Because, you know, he, he lives with his mom in Grand Rapids, which is Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is, uh, It's it's not a black city, so he he's in a school that's predominantly white. There's a few different races that are mixed in, but even though he's like you know half black, he's still one of the only few black kids that are in the school. And a couple years ago, he and I were talking, and he was telling me how he was being discriminated against in school 
you know, 10 year old little kid, nine, 10 years old. And, um, you know, kids are making fun of him because of the color of his skin. And I remember having that conversation with him on how to, how to handle that and how to carry himself and how to be proud of who he is and the color of his skin. You know, there's a lot of black people that'll say, you know, your skin is your sin to this world. That's a very, very common thing to say to young black men, fathers to say, or mothers to say to, to young black men, to say that your skin is your sin. I've never said that to my son because I believe that that's complete and utter bullshit. Your skin is not your sin. Your sin. Your, you know, your, your sin, the shit that you do, the way that you treat people, that's your sin. The way that you carry yourself, if you're haughty or prideful or cocky or think that you are better than everybody else, that's your sin, not your skin. Your skin is nothing more than, you know, the, the, the gift that you've been born with, if you will. I would, I would call it a gift. I mean, the fact is, is that we'll be the last, black people will be the last people to burn, you know, if the sun really starts to to scorch the earth like they say that it will. Uh, black people will be the, the last ones to burn. But also with black skin, and I just learned this myself, because we are so resistant to the sun because of the melanin in our skin, um, it's more difficult for black people to develop or to, you know, to produce vitamin D which is vital to everybody's health. And so part of the reason why there's a lot of ailments when it comes down to the black community or people with, you know, color in their skin is because dark skin produces less vitamin D, which is vital for so many different organs and metabolizing of, of muscle structure and all of this stuff. There's so many things that vitamin D helps with liver function and blah, 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 blah. All of this stuff that vitamin D does for you. People with color in their skin with more melanin have a, a harder time developing vitamin D because our dark skin blocks so much of the sun's rays that actually develops, that, that gives us the, the, the fuel that we need to develop vitamin D. All that aside, that was just a nerd moment, sorry. Um, it's not our sin. The color of our skin is not our sin. If anything, the sin is those that view the skin color as a sin and sees it as a as a as a weakness, or sees it as a um, as a as a as a uh, the word escapes me the the detriment the sees it as lazy and sees it as blah 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 whatever you fill in the blanks you're smart enough as a human you you know what it is just be honest with yourself for a second you know what it is um it's all false and it's all bullshit. And, and the fact is, is that you cut me, I'm going to bleed the same way that you do. 
you know, everybody bleeds the same. Everybody breathes the same oxygen. Everyone needs the same nutrients in order to, to, to sustain life. We're all human. And this fucktard knelt on his neck and, hold, and held him down. George is crying out that he can't breathe, that he's having a hard time, that he's parched, he's, he's losing oxygen, he's, he's losing fluids in his body, he's sweating, he's, his, his body is in distress. He died. It makes no sense. Ain't this some shit? And the fact is, the, the thing that, that I keep going back to is the fact that if we didn't have cell phones and if we didn't have technology that we have today, the mofo would have got away with it. It would have been nothing. It would have been swept under the rug and no one be none the wiser. And it breaks my heart to know that that's the truth. Another killing part that um, that's come out in the news lately, um, as of this recording or as of this coming out, just a few days ago, that officer that had his knee on his neck. Um, just got arrested and the, the police chief who's a black man uh, he said that the the officer they, they had to build the case on the officer apparently you know right away like I think that next day that officer got fired And I would argue, rightfully so, right? He got fired, as he should have. Um, but he, um, apparently he's got some place in Florida, however he's got it, family or whatever. He was on his way, about to leave and go to Florida because, you know, he's fired. He doesn't have a job anymore probably doesn't want to stay in Minneapolis and, and wanted to bounce. They caught him before he was going to leave and arrested him and charged him with um, uh, murder number three, a third degree murder, and with manslaughter. But what what bothers me is the fact that they say they had to build a case. Number one, you step on a guy's neck. I don't care what race he is. You're stepping on a guy's neck and you're holding him down until he dies. Not only should you be fired, you should be prosecuted that same day. But okay, they wanted to build a case. So when they built the case, what they found out is that there were 18 counts against this guy. For abuse, abuse of power, and, and unprofessional conduct, racist behavior, 
18 different counts against this guy, complaints. And what I haven't found out and what I haven't seen is uh, the the steps of, um, what's the word? The steps of uh, uh, disciplinary action that were taking place against him on those 18 counts. Now, I work for Tata Motors, as you guys know. Because our cars are the tits. Yeah. Uh, Sean would normally say that. I miss Sean. Come on. Um, the All I got to do is just one count. Just let me do some shit. I'm fired. I'm gone. I'm done. Right? I mean, they, they put you... If you're not doing your job, they might put you on a PIP, a, a performance improvement, uh, uh, performance improvement. I don't know what the last P stands for because I've never been on it, but I know what it is. I, I, I know that we call it a PIP. Oh, plan. God, it's too much, too much vodka. All right. A por- performance improvement plan is a PIP. That's if you're not cutting it on your job. But if I do one racist act, I'm gone. If I say something against gay people or a trans or whoever or whatever, all of that, that is grounds for immediate termination. All I got to do is do one thing that's derogatory. I'm gone. Anybody is gone. It's not just me. Just anybody in the company that you're gone. If this dude has had 18 different complaints against him, uh, and and again, I don't know uh, what investigations were there or what um, you know disciplinary actions have been taken against him for his 18 different complaints, but there were 18 different complaints. Are you kidding me? 18 different complaints? And this dude still had a job? And he still had an opportunity to kill somebody by putting a knee on their neck? Come on, dude. Now, there are those out there that say that there's no such thing as privilege. More specifically, that there's no such thing as white privilege. And I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. You got 18 different complaints against you and you still have a job? When you get to carry a deadly weapon and you're supposed to be air quotes enforcing the law and 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 believe me i understand and i know that being a cop dude i i make four times as much as a cop does and i get fired for less come on that's not that's not fair And I guess maybe I should title this episode that that's not fair. Because it's not. It just isn't fair. And that's what fucking breaks my heart. It's not fair. It's not fair that a guy like that can get away with 18 complaints against him in his job. And he still keeps his job. That's not fair. It's not right. 
It's not just. It's not ethical. It's not proper. You fill in the blank. You add the words to it. It's just not. And this has nothing to do with politics. This has everything to do with race. Everything to do with race. And I don't care who you are or what you think or, or, or what you say. This has everything to do with race. And it's a shame. And it's a black mark on Minneapolis, on Minnesota, statewide, on America. And it is America that is responding to this right now. All right, let me take a breath. Let me take a minute. This is extremely upsetting. Had a serious conversation with my oldest son today. And I asked him, did you hear about this story? Of course he said no. Right? It's, uh, he's, he just got done with school for the year. He's going to be an eighth grader um, later on this year. Right? He'll be 13 years old in eighth grade. He is obsessed with Fortnite and Call of Duty. He's not watching the news. <laughs> uh, and the fact is, is that his mother isn't going to tell him. His mother isn't going to explain it to him. That's his dad's job. So... We're sitting outside, and we've got some friends over. Social distancing, don't judge me. And we're sitting outside, and we're talking. I'm having a cigar with my boy. His wife's next to him. My wife's next to me. He's next to the wife. And um, we start talking about it. I said, buddy, did you hear about this? He's like, no, I didn't hear about it. What happened? Explain to him what happened. He was like, it was a cop that did that? You know, years ago, my son wanted to be a cop. I said, yeah, buddy. It was a cop that did that. But why? He said, it was because of the color of his skin. And then he got quiet. And I said to him, I said, buddy, you know, the fact is, is that this world is evil. There's a lot of it in this world. It's just everywhere. And not everybody likes everybody. Not everybody gets along. You know, and I had a lot of help because my wife is very passionate about this as well. So she jumped in. She starts talking about the race factor and, you know, adding into it. And it was just a very, very difficult conversation to have with a 12-year-old. That... That even though their job is to serve and protect, everybody doesn't do their job. And even when they do their job, they don't necessarily do their job well. And people suck. <laughs> I mean, it's just the, <laughs> that's the, the nicest way I can put it. People suck. I'm talking to a 12 year old. People suck. 
people suck. And the we cannot confirm that the dude actually did anything wrong. But we can confirm that he's dead. And that it's due to a cop putting his knee on his neck. Obviously, there has to be more conversation with him. And, you know, and as he matures and as he starts to understand things. And he's already beginning, right? Because shit's already happened to him that he, you know, can't wrap his mind around. You know, at the age that he was, and and he's having a hard time. He knows that his dad is black and that his mom is white. Uh, she's German and Mexican. So, he knows that his dad loves him to pieces. He knows that his mom loves him to pieces and will do anything for him. Uh, even though we're not together, he knows that he's loved. You know, he's grown up in a Christian home. He knows the love of God and blah, 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 blah. It is very, very difficult explaining to him that everybody is not a Christian. That everybody doesn't love God and that everybody is not the same uh, in that respect. Everyone doesn't have the moral structure that he's been brought up in. Everyone doesn't have that moral compass that says that murder is wrong or that hate is wrong or that all are God's creation and that they should be respected as such. He has that moral compass because we have it. But... Everyone doesn't, and it's very difficult to explain to him that fact. I, I, I suppose I could just put it to him the same way that I just put it to you. But nevertheless, it's very difficult. You, you're, I mean, many of you have kids. You try to explain this shit to a kid and find the words without swearing. <laughs> without sounding like an angry, belligerent fool. You give it a try. Trust me, it took all weekend with him for me to even talk to him about it because like, we, we went on a run. Saturday morning, we went on a run. And him and I are running together. I let him set the pace. I wanted to talk to him about it the whole time and I just couldn't muster it up. I didn't know how to start the conversation because I'm just like, fuck, dude, trust me. Like I run with my license in my pocket because I might get pulled over while I'm walking or running. You know, a cop might pull, pull me over while I'm walking and say, what are you doing here? Especially at night. Trust me, it happens. And it sucks. It sucks being profiled. It's terrible being pulled over. All because you're driving while black. DWB. I've, I've experienced it. It sucks. And there's nothing you can do about it other than be on your P's and Q's. Just be aware 
of where you are, what you're doing, and carry yourself and be in a place to where you're not going to get taken to jail. It's the best you can do. And even when you do your very best, it still doesn't matter. You can still end up dead as a black man in America. Now, I know you might hear that and you might say, well, why don't you just do this? Or why don't you just do that? And listen, I, I've, I've heard so many of those accounts. And I, and still, I still do what I do. I'm almost at the point where I'm not going to drive with my wallet in my pocket. I'll just drive with it right there in the cup holder. In the case that I get pulled over, it's right there. Now, believe me, trust me. Anytime I've ever been pulled over, I've always had my wallet and my card and everything already out. I've been pulled over. I, I carry a pistol. I have a CPL. As soon as I get pulled over, I put it right on the dash right in front of me. Can I have your license, please, sir, and your registration? It's already right there. By the way, here's my pistol's license, and I have my pistol on me. Where is it, sir? It's right here. Right out in the open. Not going to grab, not going to reach for it. It's already out in the open. You can see it. You can actually grab it and take it if you want. It's right there in front of me. Here's my pistol. Here's my license. My registration. My insurance. My pistol license. Now what? Because I want to come home to my family. And I shouldn't have to be that afraid. But the fact is, is that I am. Because I know what I look like in the fucking mirror. Alright. Let's keep going. I'm already 40-something minutes into this, so... Um, I'm gonna keep going. So you've got a bunch of looting going on in Minneapolis, right? My bro and... In Minneapolis, he is uh, he's helping out and getting paid to do it, boarding up certain places, barricading places so they don't burn down. Good for him. There's a lot of businesses that are losing their shit right now because, and I'm sure many of you have saw the videos, people are responding by just basically saying, fuck it. They're looting, they're stealing. I saw videos of people, you know, walking out of Target with TVs and mini, frig mini fridges and just all kinds of stuff. They're just like, yeah, whatever. We're coming, we're getting this shit. They're going everywhere. I've seen people going into grocery stores just grabbing up food, grabbing up shit, and just walking out with it. Nobody's stopping them. It's all on video. All their faces are there. And they're just grabbing up shit and leaving. I don't condone that. I don't appreciate that. I don't like that at all. I think it's wrong. 
I think it's absolutely 100% wrong to do that. And it's happening all over the country in major cities. Minneapolis, Chicago, Detroit. Now, now let me talk about Detroit for a second because this is where I live. They were down at the county building in Detroit. And they were doing a peaceful protest. Okay? The police chief uh, came out and said, hey, look, this is a peaceful protest. We're going to let them protest. Because there is nothing wrong with protesting, right? A man has lost his life. This is bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. In Detroit, we've had people coming from, there's another city called Bay City, which is very far from Detroit. I mean, I'm talking over an hour's drive to get down to Detroit. There's about nine people that got arrested. Seven of them were, were from that area. So the peaceful demonstrations that were happening in Detroit. Nothing, nowhere near close to what was happening in Minneapolis, right? They burned down a police station in Minneapolis. They're burning down grocery stores and, and you know, restaurants and all that. They're, sh they're burning Minneapolis to the ground. All these different places. They are straight up rioting and looting. That wasn't happening in Detroit. But there were peaceful protests and people just chanting out George Floyd, George Floyd, George Floyd, you know, justice for George Floyd. They're upset. I'm going to tell you something from my perspective, and you can take it or leave it. You're talking about a community of people that have been so disenfranchised for so long. They're upset. They're angry. They're hurt. They're betrayed by their own government and law enforcement. People that were supposed to serve and protect them. They are literally doing exactly the same thing that everyone in the world does to a certain extent. They're taking back control. No one wants to feel out of control. And again, I am not condoning their behavior. But no one wants to feel out of control. No one wants to feel helpless. No one wants to feel vulnerable. Vulnerability should be a choice. I know you've probably never heard that before. But I'm going to tell you right now, as a, as a, as a, 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 from a counselor's point of view, Vulnerability is a choice. It should not be mandated upon a person. And vulnerability being a choice is based upon one thing and one thing only. The only thing, the only root of vulnerability that's healthy is safety. It takes a person feeling safe in order to choose to be vulnerable. 
And the fact is, is that black people don't feel safe. And why would they when you got a white cop kneeling on the neck of a black man? Why would they feel safe? And I'm going to say this is very political and, I, and I'm just going to say it. I'm going to leave it where, where I say it, okay? Why would they feel safe when there's a president who praises a grand wizard of the KKK? Why would they feel safe? Why would they feel safe in this country? If you can answer me that, then fine, we can have a conversation. If you cannot answer me that, and, and fuck your bullshit, don't give me bullshit. If you can answer that question of why a person that's black can feel safe in this country when the leader of this country praises and befriends the leader of the KKK, fine, we can have a conversation. My bet is that you can't answer that question. I know a lot of black people voted for Trump. More power to them. We'll just leave it at that. Let me take another breath. And by breath, I mean drink. So, you have... All this shit going on. Oh, back to Bay City. So these people that got arrested, that were that lived now, now, mind you, a lot of people that were protesting don't come from the city of Detroit. They don't live there. They don't live in the surrounding suburbs. They're from way out. Some people they got arrested because they came down to turn the peaceful protest into. <clears throat> A violent protest. Um, one of the people actually hurled rocks at the cops. One cop got hit with a, one Detroit cop got hit with a rock so bad that he had to be rushed to the hospital. So it was peaceful up to a point. And then there were, you know, I, I, I was watching the, the feed with the wife and and you know uh, reporters were there you know they were trying to view the whole thing and and you know report on what was going on and the cops went up to no <laughs> now check this out this is totally again different from minneapolis uh, the cops showed up to the you know went up to the reporters and was like hey look you need to get back because we're trying to break up this crowd um, because it's starting to get a little violent. We're going to start gassing the crowd. Now, I've got no problem with them gassing the crowd because they're starting to get violent. By all means, get them dispersed. Get them out of there. Do what you got to do. You still, as a cop, have to go home to your family. Please, by all means, protect yourself. Protect the people that are there. There was a 19-year-old kid that got shot. Now, they, they've determined that that was unrelated to the protest. But there was a kid that was there. They ended up getting shot. So, I don't, I'm not sure if he lived or died. I don't know. Um, 
But they said to the reporters, hey, look, you need to back away. The reporters and the cameramen, everything, they respected the cops. They backed away. They went around the corner. You can hear the reporter as he was reporting. He's choking a little bit. He's like, I think they already released the gas before they actually told us to uh, to back away. He was choking a little bit. Uh, but at least he was told. In Minneapolis, uh, there's a CNN reporter. Uh, actually, I don't know if it was CNN. There was a news reporter that, act- uh, uh, that actually, uh, he was a man of color. He... On live TV, cops came up to him and arrested him. And the reporter was like, I, uh, I, I'm getting arrested right now. I, I don't know why. He later said that one of the officers came up to him and whispered in his ear and said, Listen, man, he didn't do anything wrong. I'm sorry. We just, we just have to follow orders. And he literally got put in a cop car and hauled away. I don't know what happened with that. I, I've got to look, that, look the rest of that story up. But I know he got hauled off to jail. And the only thing he was doing was reporting. They didn't take away the producer. They didn't take away the cameraman. They didn't take away anybody else that was with him. The only thing he was doing was standing there literally reporting. And he got pulled away to jail. Makes no freaking sense at all. But he was a man of color. The shit going down in Minneapolis is out of this world. And the riots that are happening are wrong. I'm not not in favor of the riots. But I am in 100% favor of the protests that are going on. Because there needs to be justice. For George Floyd. Now as I said. The cop that that um, that killed him. Has been prosecuted. Now before he got prosecuted. I told my boy in Minneapolis. I said look. Because he, he texted me. He was like oh dude did you see the news. He just got fired. I'm like good. But that's not enough. Like him being fired is not enough. And then a couple days later. They prosecuted him. Thank God they prosecuted him. But why is it only him so far? They need to prosecute the other three as well. So so there's one on his midsection, one on his legs. Then there was one that was standing there, just sitting there watching. Like, doo-doo-doo. Like, just sitting there watching. He, he had nothing to say, nothing to do. He's just sitting there, just standing there. He should be all four of them need to be prosecuted because all four of them took place in this man's death. The man that was standing there that said nothing, he is just as guilty as the other three that were holding him down. They all need to be prosecuted. And I don't care what you do. Okay, fine. So the guy that actually was on his neck was, um, you know, he's got third degree murder and... Uh, manslaughter fine third degree murder is not first degree murder which is deliberate intent he's got third degree murder fine which is a much lesser suit but that with manslaughter I mean the dude can do 40 years we'll see what happens Uh, it remains to be seen 
but I don't understand why the other two have not been prosecuted as well. Here's the thing that I want to say. With all of the shit that's going on with COVID-19, I think it is very, very interesting that you have all these people that are rioting and um, <laughs> all of a sudden COVID-19 doesn't matter. So for me, if this thing really is as deadly as everyone is saying that it is, obviously it's not because as more cases come out and as more people become, um, as more people are, are testing positive for antibodies, it means that there's a lot more people that have had it and beat it that were asymptomatic than those that are actually testing positive and having adverse reactions to it. Um, the, the, uh, the death rate actually is going down and it's getting lower and lower and lower and lower. And I think that by the end of this year, it will be determined that the death rate for this disease, for this virus is a whole lot lower, a hell of a lot lower than what the CDC and everybody else has been saying. The CDC is constantly coming out, revamping their numbers. All you got to do is look it up. The number is declining. The death rate, the mortality rate is getting lower and lower and lower as more people are getting tested, as more results are coming out. Yes, it's killing a lot of people, but there's a hell of a lot of people that are beating it. So that mortality rate is going down, which means that the fear rate should be going down as well, equally. And I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, and I don't want to sound like the guy who's doubting it, because I'm not. Fact is, is that I've got an eight-month-old eight at home, and I've been told by a doctor that, um, by my doctor, because I just traveled to Phoenix and came back, and I've just recently been tested, and I'm still waiting on my results to come back. And believe me, I'll report on my on my uh, my results as soon as I get them. But it's been said that children under the age of two, even if they get it, because they under the age of two, because they don't have the amount of proteins in the body in order to really, you know, it's not like a full-grown human being that is able to uh, have the proteins to, that uh, basically COVID-19 really attacks the proteins in the body. And when you have a lack of protein in the body, like babies, um, the virus just dies in the body. And so what they've been finding, and even the CDC has reported on this, that um, you don't see the deaths in babies and toddlers for COVID-19 as you do with everyone else. So that gives me hope and that gives me pause as well. Because it's like, okay, like we've been... We've been locked down with a lot of fear, but maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's not as bad. 
I, I mean, it is bad. It's bad. But maybe it's not that bad? I don't know. Again, I'm not that kind of doctor. So, again, my, my education is in engineering, counseling, <laughs> and religious education. That's my education right there. It is not in medical science. So if you listen to me, you're just as much as a, just as much of an idiot as I do, as I am. Um, but my point is, is that you've got all these people that are rioting and looting together, and all of a sudden, there's no concern for COVID nineteen. Now, a lot of these people that are doing it are black, minorities, ethnics. That are going out there doing all this looting. And the fact is. Is that our community is the worst hit. By this COVID-19. And there's been studies that have been done. About COVID-19. That that are related to. um, A deficiency in vitamin D. And I've already explained. With people of color. There is a lack of vitamin D. That we produce. like, Like generally speaking. Um, with a, with a lot of black people that die, they test them and they find out, you know, what, what's in the body, what chemicals are in the body, what vitamins, blah, blah, blah. There's almost always a deficiency of vitamin D with certain illnesses that plague the black community, like diabetes and heart condition and stress related, you know, illnesses that cause death. A lot of those are related to a deficiency in vitamin D. In COVID-19, there is a correlation with deaths of COVID-19 and a lack of vitamin D. I've explained that. So, I'm amazed that they're doing all of this in such close quarters with one another, looting and rioting. And there's no concern for uh, catching this virus and, and having this virus. And, and you know what? Fine. They're doing it with no concern of this virus. Um, maybe we might see a spike in COVID-19 as a result of this. But if there isn't a spike as a result of this, again... It gives me pause. It makes me think. Like, what's really up with it? If we really are the hardest hit community, and then we're getting together protesting and rioting and all this shit together, and there's not a spike, it gives me a little bit of a little bit of a pause. So uh I know that's a lot. And we're just over an hour into this podcast, and I believe me, I did I didn't plan on talking this long. But it's a very difficult time. We're in a rocky place in this country right now. And it's been said that um I don't know who said it first, but it's been said, I've heard it over and over again now. That racism isn't increasing. Um, the uh, the 
what do you call it, prejudice and all that stuff, that's not increasing. The only thing that's different is the fact that it's being videotaped now. It's being recorded. Uh, there was a man who was uh, bird watching this past week. He was bird watching. And he saw a white lady. This is a black man. And he, was, uh, he saw a white lady who was walking her dog in the park without a leash. And the, uh, the, the man walked up to the woman and said, excuse me, but can you please put your dog on a leash? Like your dog is supposed to be on the leash. This is, this is a, this is a bird watching park. Like this is a park. Like people do a bunch of different stuff here, but I'm bird watching. And, um, fact is, is that a loose dog, if he sees a bird, I, I know when I walk my dog Clyde, he's a Jack Russell. Uh, most of the time on our walk, I'm dragging him behind me because he's old. He's 15 years old. But if he sees a bird or he sees a squirrel or any small animal or rabbit on the ground, all of a sudden he speeds up like crazy and it's like, oh yeah, I know you were just dragging me behind you, but now I've got some energy. I want to go eat. You know, all dogs are descendants of wolves and they love to eat and hunt. Right. So um, he says, look, can you put your dog on a leash? She says, no, and I'm going to call the cops on you. And he stood there and he says, all right, go ahead call the cops. <laughs> Let's see how this works out for you. She calls the cops and says that this black man is harassing her. Now. You would think, like, okay, <laughs> I, I guess this is a, a good story. Cops didn't arrest the guy. Cops actually came after the woman. And the woman, you know, she finally put her dog on a leash, and she choked the dog, and the dog was, like, damn near dying. And uh, she got the dog taken away from her. She's no longer allowed to own that dog. <laughs> it's funny to me. It might not be funny to you, but it's funny to me. It's kind of like some retribution, I guess, if you will. For you animal lovers out there, I'm sure you love this story. Um, but she got in trouble, rightfully so. The man wasn't harassing her. He was telling her to respect the law because he was respecting the wildlife and just doing bird watching, which is a great peaceful pastime. I mean, some people do yoga. Some people do Tai Chi. Some people watch birds. And they love it. And it's peaceful for them. And it's a great pastime. And this See You Next Tuesday was uh, actually uh, trying to ruin that for him by walking her dog off leash and not really having any control over her dog. And so rightfully so, especially after choking the shit out of her dog with her leash. She should have that dog taken away from her and she should be having a slap on the wrist. And thankfully it happened to her. So. Uh, listen, I know it's not all bad. I understand that 
you know, everybody, every white person that I meet is not. I married a white girl. Come on, man. Twice. Come on. I, I, I love white people. My dad's best friend in the military was a white guy. My uncle. The guy, you know, was affectionately called my uncle, and, and he died. My dad's best friend in, in, in the Army. Obviously, my dad had friends that were black, you know, that grew up with him in Detroit. But in the Army, that's a whole nother train of thought, and it's a whole nother culture, you know, when you're in the military together, and you got his back, and he's got yours, you know. It was a white guy. I didn't grow up racist. I didn't grow up hating white people. I grew up loving white people because my dad was in the military. I had around me every single culture there was to have because of the military. I spent years in Panama when my dad was stationed there. And the first few, you know, several years of my life, I was speaking Spanish because I was in Panama. I'm still pretty good at it. I've lost a lot of it. But there's still a lot that I can speak. I was taught that people are people. I was raised in a house where where God was first. And my parents were the ultimate example of who God is and was and blah, blah, blah. Love. I grew up in a loving house. My parents, I'm fortunate. My parents are still married. At almost 40 years. They've got almost 40 years of marriage together. I grew up in a good home. I didn't grow up. I I, I grew up poor. (laughs) 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 Let me pause. I grew up poor. (laughs) I grew up... Yeah, the shitty part of Detroit, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, bad. I did. I would, I would walk to school and and walk past gun shells because of the gunfight that happened outside of my house the night before. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just the way that I grew up. It just is what it is. But my parents were educated. My parents did their best and taught me the best and I did my best when I grew up and became an adult and I'm giving my family my best and the job of every parent if you don't know it is to make your ceiling their floor so man I I just but still as a black man it this all of this breaks my heart and it it gives me pause and I, I I have to recognize that regardless of what people say and and I know this with both of my sons having white mothers when they go to school when they grow up they're going to be considered black because of the melanin in their skin And I have to teach them how to be men. I have to teach them how to be aware of not only themselves, the man in the mirror, 
but they have to be aware of the people around them as well. They have to be aware of who their friends are and not just their friends, but who their parents are. They have to watch what they say. They have to watch what they say around, you know, who they say it around. And that they have to do twice as better as everybody else in order to get half the recognition. I live it every single day. And I know they will have to as well. Because I don't see this world changing any time in my lifetime. I don't see it changing. I know the circles that I, that I run with. I know the friends that I have. I know the people that I come in contact with. And I know when they come to my home, they're one way. Or if I, see, if I go to lunch with them, they're one way. When we're out in the streets and they're away from me, I know they're going to be a different way. And it's a shame and it sucks, but I know it. I know it. I know it in my knower. I know that there will always be something about me that's going to give somebody else pause. I get that. I understand that. I've lived that my entire life. But yet, I know that, um, that my job, not only as a, as a black man, but as a human being and as a Christian, is to love people. You know, um, so out of all the verses, I've, I've been doing this. I've been rebuilding my um, scriptural uh, memorization, right? Because, you know, so we're unchurched. We're not going to church, not sitting down, listening to these different pastors or whatever. So I've been really, you know, immersing myself in the word of God. And still... One of my favorite past, and and I'll end on this. So if you if you want to know when I'm gonna stop bitching, <laughs> here it goes. I'm gonna end on this note. I understand that, uh, or, or or I want to share with you my favorite passage of scripture. It's Matthew chapter twenty-two, thirty-seven through forty. So it's, it's actually four verses, not one. Um, but this rich young dude comes to Jesus. And he says, Master, what do I have to do to inherit uh, the kingdom of God? And um, Jesus says a few things. And, you know, the young man says, yeah, I've done all that. You know, I've done all that. And Jesus talks to, talks to the young man and, and he tells him that he has to sell everything he has and follow him. And, um, uh, you know, he, the, the young man goes away sorrowfully, right? 
later on though you know and jesus says how how hard is it for a rich man to you know to enter into the kingdom of god is it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to uh to get enter into the kingdom of god so that that that's one of my favorite stuff there but but uh what i'm getting to is matthew 22 37 through 40 He says something very, very important. And I'm going to pull it up right now. Because I've had quite a few to drink. And, um, and I'm missing it. So, so, so Jesus says to him. Alright. I cheated right there. I'm going to be honest with you. I just cheated. Because I've been drinking. Memory is a little slipping. But I just cheated. I just looked at the, the beginning of Matthew twenty two thirty seven. All right. So I'll tell you that and be honest with you. But he says, he says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. This is the first and great commandment. Next verse says, And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 40 says very simply, On these two commandments, you can hang all the law and the prophets. There's two great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Okay, all of your strength. Everything that, that you have within you, love God. And the second great commandment is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two great commandments. These are the two great commandments. You know, the, the rich young man, he, he, he touted. He said, you know, I've done all these things. The Ten Commandments, I've kept them all. I've been doing all this good stuff. And, and you might be saying the same thing about yourself. You do all of this good stuff. Maybe you have a bingo club or a, you know, the wife just joined this wine club on Facebook where, you know, she's like, you know, hey, I got this dry red wine. Who wants it? Send me your address. You know, a bunch of women uh, send their address and, you know, she gifts it to somebody. And, um, you know, and she's gotten bottles of wine as well that's been gifted to her. And you can share all that kind of stuff. You know, you can do a bunch of cool stuff that's really, really good. You know, I, I got a, a friend of mine that for his, his birthday, he, um, he put a little thing out there on Facebook. I don't want any gifts from any of you. I appreciate all of your happy birthday wishes and all that stuff. But here is a, a charity that I'd like you to give to in my name. My goal is $2,500 for uh, surviving cancer. And so you, you, know, you give to that in honor of him. And uh, that's his birthday gift. And he appreciates that and it means something to him. All of that stuff is good. But Jesus said, he said two things, man. 
He's like, look, dude, you want to enter into heaven, these two things. These two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. The second commandment was just as great as the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I swear to God, I tell you, the thing that we're missing right now in this fucked up world that we're living in. God out of the question. Just God gone. No God at all. Fine. You don't want to ascribe to any God at all. Can you just love your neighbor as yourself? I'm not Jesus. Jesus said love God and love each other. I'm just, I'm not Jesus. I'm just saying, like, come on, black, white, red, brown, yellow, pink. <laughs> A funny story. My, my sister, <laughs> my sister said, um, she she ran into um my mother in law at the store at a at a clothing store years ago before she was my mother in law. She recognized her, they talked. She told her that she was my sister, blah blah blah. My sister called me later and was like, uh, Hey, I ran into your pastors. She's like, You love them pink people, don't you? <laughs> uh, pink people means white people if you didn't get the joke I said you love them pink people I said yeah I do I love them all I don't care what race you are what color of your skin it doesn't matter Jesus said two things love God love people I think that if we can Get back to that. Just get to that. And, and, and it, I shouldn't even have to say it, but the fact is, is there's so many white Christians and black Christians that they don't like each other. It's like, you know, hey, I'm Baptist, and so we do it the right way. Or, hey, I'm, I'm non-denominational, I do it the right way. Or, I'm Lutheran, and I do it the right way. And blah, 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 blah. You get all of this shit going on, and... Come on, you gotta admit that there's some race involved. I know that there's white Baptists. I know there's black Lutherans. I know that there's black Catholics and there's, you know, white whatever. It, I get that, but at the end of the day, seriously, dude, are we gonna let this peddly little shit continue to divide us? At some point, we have to let it go. At some point, we have to realize that we're all human and that we all bleed the same we all have emotions and feelings and and we have lives and children and all of this shit like let's not pin our kids against each other because of the the color of our skin just because you got some shit going on that you haven't dealt with yet doesn't mean that you got to pass it on to your kids like, isn't there some measure of maturity that, I, I know I said I was about to stop, but isn't there some measure of maturity that we should get to as adults 
to where we realize that people are people and that we all have the same innate desire and need to be loved? Like, at, at what point are you going to realize that we all have the same basic biological needs? We need to eat, piss, shit, be loved, be accepted, be vulnerable. A lot of people don't think that they need to be vulnerable, but the fact is, is that vulnerability, as I said earlier, requires safety. We all want to feel safe. Ergo, we all want to be and need to be vulnerable. It's a basic need of human life. Why deprive someone of... Even if you say black people are monkeys, animals, fine, okay. All animals need and require the same thing. Animals need love. (laughs) Come on, dude. Animals need to feel safe so that they can be vulnerable. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Everyone, you know what it all boils down to? Romans chapter 1, verse 20. And this is the verse that I'm, this is my new verse that I'm trying to learn. It says, and I'm going to cheat right now. All right, I got the first few words. For the invisible things of him from the creation are clearly seen as evidenced by the things that are made, even his eternal Godhead and power, power and Godhead. I don't know. I got to cheat. Understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, and I, I understand what the verse means, even if I can't. My head massager just fell. Sorry. Even if I, I can't quote it exactly, I understand what it means. All of God's creation is created the same with the same basic needs. We all need the same thing. Every humankind, we all need the same thing. We're pack animals. There's a book called Tribes. It talks about the fact that we're all tribal and that the reason why civilization was able to uh, expand and, and advance was because we stuck together. It's because we were all willing to, you know, have people that slept and people that stayed awake so that you can sound an alarm when the tigers and the lions came to eat you. You know what I'm saying? Like, We all have the same basic thing. So the eternal Godhead, all that God is, is clearly seen in his creation. And that we all have the same basic needs. We all have the same basic desires. We all have the same basic DNA. Like we we have to, as, as human beings, we have to stick together in order to survive and advance. And the second that we start killing each other off or or treating each other disrespectfully or, uh, or, or, or treating people as if they are no longer human, that's when we fail and that's when we, we begin to regress. Maybe some people might advance, 
But what kind of life is that? When you advance by yourself, and you don't advance as a whole, then you miss out on a huge part of what makes us tick, in that we have fellowship and communication and communion and relationship with one another. Listen, if you don't have any black friends, your life will be enriched and advanced by having black friends. I'll tell you that right now. Black people are cool. They're awesome. You're missing out. You don't know what you're missing. You're missing out. Come on. We'll tell it like it is. We'll treat you like family. Have you ever had collard greens? If you ain't had no collard greens, you ain't got no black friends. You need to live a little bit. Ugh. You ain't had no neck bones and cabbage. You ain't got no black friends. You need to get some black friends. Come on. You ain't had no pig feet. You ain't had no squirrel. Listen, man. You ain't had no raccoon. You need some black friends. We do it right. You ain't had no sweet potato pie. Come on. You need some black friends. You'll be all right. I'm telling you. Your neighbors might not like you. But you'll be all right. And you'll be enriched. You'll feel so much better. I'm telling you. All right, listen. I'm going to end it on that note. I know it was supposed to end like 20 minutes ago. I'm going to end it right now. Listen. Check us out on unchurchpodcast.show. That's our website. You can email us at info at unchurchpodcast.show. Our Instagram and Twitter. Um, both at unchurchpod. Hey, listen, drop us a line. Let us know what you think of this conversation. Actually, it's not a conversation. It's more of a rant on my behalf. But uh, listen, show some love. Let us know what it is. We'll love you forever. Sean will say, so long, we love you. Peace.